Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back. In this episode, I want to answer the question, once I am saved, will I always be saved? To begin, Scripture makes clear that those who have been saved by the blood of Jesus can be confident that they are in a saved condition and that they are on the path to eternal life. One passage that teaches this is Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. God has outlined the terms for salvation clearly in his word. He will not make last-minute changes, or he won't add anything to it. We can trust that what he has outlined in his word is sufficient, and we can trust in that without hesitation. Those with biblical faith have no need to expect to be embarrassed on the final day of judgment. If they are faithful, they will not be put to shame. So we can be confident that we are in a saved condition and that we are on the path to eternal life. But does that mean once I am saved, I am always saved? I think the answer to that question is no. I'd like to think for just a couple of minutes about the various scriptures in the New Testament that use the little word, if. For example, in Romans chapter 11, verse 22, a verse that we looked at in our last episode, Paul invites us to consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will be cut off. In order to remain in God's good graces, we must continue in his goodness. And if we do not continue in his goodness, Paul warns we will be cut off. So he places salvation in conditional terms. He does so in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. In Colossians 1, 23, he tells us that Christ will present us holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight if we continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which we heard. Again, salvation is presented in conditional terms. We have to remain in the faith, continue in the faith. We have to be grounded and steadfast. And Paul urges us not to be moved away from the hope of the gospel which we heard. Or in other words, the hope of the gospel is what I received at the first. I need to remain grounded and steadfast in that hope to continue in that faith in order to be saved. If I remain in that condition, then Christ will present me holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. 
Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6 is another verse. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end. Just a few verses later in verse 14, For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Notice in both of those verses there is a condition. We have to hold our confidence steadfast to the end. To be steadfast means we've not moved away, we've not left it, we've not abandoned it. All of these passages tell us that salvation is conditional. It's conditional upon our conduct, that once we receive Christ, we have decisions to make. We have things that we need to do. If once I am saved, I am always saved. Why must I continue in God's goodness? Why must I hold fast to the word? Why must I hold fast the rejoicing of hope firm to the end? If once I'm saved, I'm always saved, why must I continue in the faith? If I've already been saved, if I've avoided God's wrath, and there's nothing I can do to take myself away from that condition, why do I need to be warned about God's severity? And yet it's clear as we look at all of those verses, if I want to be saved, if I am saved, I must meet those expectations and heed those warnings. Why? Well, Romans chapter 11, verse 22 says, otherwise I'll be cut off. So once saved, always saved, doesn't make much sense to me based on those passages which present salvation in conditional terms, using that little word, if. There's another reason why I find once saved, always saved to be a difficult doctrine to accept. Scripture tells me that false teaching can lead me away from the Lord Jesus. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, the Apostle Peter is warning us about the dangers of false teaching. And he describes people who have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These folks are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, as I mentioned, Peter's overarching concern in this chapter is with false teaching and the influence of false teaching that was beginning to creep into the church. As he brings these warnings to a close, he talks about people who were Christians at one time. Notice verse 20. Notice how he describes these people in verse 20. Who else but Christians escaped the defilement of the world through the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Now, I believe this is a crucial point because I've heard some folks who believe and once saved, always saved, make the case that those who appear to have fallen away from the Lord were never saved to begin with. And yet, when you look at what Peter says, look at how he describes these folks in verse 20, it looks to me like these were indeed Christians. They have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter is talking about Christians who once were saved. 
He goes on to say that those Christians who submit to false teaching entangle themselves with the corruption that they knew before their conversion. And when they are again overcome, Peter says that this final state is worse than their previous state. Or to put it another way, a Christian who becomes entangled again with the pollutions of the world is worse off now than they were before they came to Jesus Christ. He says that a, a state of complete ignorance is better than apostasy. In other words, the one who knows the truth and departs from the truth is far worse off than those whose sins have never been forgiven. And we know how God will judge those whose sins have never been forgiven on the final day. And if they are condemned in their condition, what does that say about a Christian who has known Jesus Christ and has left, left because of the influence of false teaching? So again, I look at a passage like 2 Peter 2, verses 20 through 22, and I, I find it difficult to accept that once saved, always saved is a biblical doctrine, a doctrine that has been revealed to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, that doesn't mean we can't be confident in our salvation. In fact, I would argue we can know where we're headed. We can know how we are doing. But it doesn't mean that our salvation is secure. We can be led astray. We can lead ourselves astray. If salvation can never be lost, then apostasy would be impossible. And yet Peter makes it very clear that apostasy is possible. and He warns us about it in these three verses. One last thing I'd like for you to think about. It's over in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. In verses 4 through 6, the writer of Hebrews talks about people who have fallen away from the faith. Let's pick up in verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. In verses 4 and 5, the writer identifies a group who were once enlightened, who had tasted the heavenly gift, who had become partakers of the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the good word of God. As you look at those descriptors, who is he talking about? Well, he must be talking about former Christians. Who else would fit these criteria? Again, this is a critical point because, as I said a little bit earlier, some people will say that a person who appears to have fallen away from the Lord has not really fallen away because they were never saved to begin with. But that's not how the writer of Hebrews presents these folks. These folks must have been Christians. I mean, how else could you interpret a person who had been a partaker of the Holy Spirit? That's enough to convince me. So these were, at one time, genuine disciples of Jesus Christ. Now notice verse 6. If they fall away, if who falls away? Well, we must be talking about those who were enlightened at one time, who had become partakers of the Holy Spirit, who had tasted the good word of God. We're talking about Christians, and there were Christians who had fallen away. From whom or from what had they fallen? Well, it must be Jesus Christ, 
based on what he says in verse number six. They crucify again the Son of God and put him to an open shame. They have fallen away from their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The meaning of this language is undeniable. It is possible for a Christian to fall away from Christ. So as I draw this to a close, I want to leave you with a few key thoughts. Don't forget that salvation is presented in conditional terms. That once we are saved, we must continue in God's goodness, hold fast the word, hold fast the rejoicing of hope to the end, continue in the faith, and we need to listen to the warnings about God's severity because we can, in fact, walk away from the Lord. We can depart from the faith. We can fall away. And the warnings are dire. False teaching is one thing that can lead us away. And if we give in to false teaching and allow it to lead us away from Christ, we'll be left in a condition that is worse than what we knew before we came to Christ. And as the writer of Hebrews makes clear, Christians can fall away from the Lord. And they fall away from the Lord to the degree that repentance is nearly impossible. So I find it difficult, based on these scriptures, to accept once saved, always saved as a doctrine from the Lord. I just don't find any scriptural basis for it. And quite frankly, I find a lot of warnings against it. That once we are on the narrow path to eternal life, we must take great care. We must be cautious. We must meet those conditions that the Lord has placed in His Word. And it's only when we keep those conditions and pursue Jesus Christ with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength that we can be confident that we are on the right path, that we are on our way to heaven, that we are in a saved condition. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh